And one that really pops out for me that um, I stuck with and I still I still say it every day is if it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. Tahi rua toru fa tihei mauri ora. No mai haramai and welcome to the Chair Mauri Podcast. The podcast where we interview Mauri people in business, share their stories and help inspire other Mauri people to get out there, be a boss and get ahead in life. Enough korero, let's start the show. Chair. All right, cool. So, uh, kia ora te uh, welcome to the Two Māori Podcast, where we interview Māori in business and share their stories, and um, so you guys can get a head start on building your own business. And tonight, I've got a special guest, and um, I can't wait to uh, introduce you. But this guy, he's a bit of a hard fellow to pin down. He's a little bit like Tafiri Matia. And uh, he's all all around the motu, all around. And um, so I've got the privilege to have him here tonight uh, to talk about his journey through business, his co-papa, uh, and one that's on the forefront at the moment is uh, Hawaii Tour, which is um, uh, something that I'll let him put it all about. But it, it's it's an awesome co-papa. And um, instead of me talking about it, I'll, I'll introduce him. So I'll bring him on now. So here we go. Here he is here, the man, Bees Ngaruno Tewati, the bro. Um, so introduce yourself, bro. Uh, kia ora mai tātou. Uh, te nara wātua na koutou te hunga mātakitaki, hunga whakarungo rānei. Kupizgarinote uh, 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 everybody. My name is Bees Ngarino Tewati. Uh, I hail from Waikato, Tauranga Moana, Ngatiawa, and Te Waiohua, based here in Tamaki Makoro, with me and my humble little whanau. Um, and yeah, we've been uh, introduced to this new concept. Uh, that we've just built over the last year or so called Hawaii Toa, um, and we're the kaitiaki of this uh, particular kaupapa. Kia ora, bro. Just to um, start off, I know um, I've had the privilege to um, attend something called Māori Movement, if you haven't heard about it before. This is um, the man, the face of um, that movement, and... Um, I had the privilege to attend in uh, the Gold Coast, and it was an awesome experience. And um, for anybody out there who sees Māori movement pop up in the area, um, make sure you have a look at it and jump on board. But tonight we're just going to talk about uh, Hawaii Tour first, and then we'll get a little bit of um, put it all about bees and his uh, journey through business. And then we'll uh, wrap it up. So, um, yeah, just to talk about Hawaii Tour, bro. So, what is Hawaii Tour? Uh, Hawaii Tour. Um, well, Hawaii Tour is, is a obstacle course. Um, it was 
designed by myself or created by myself or out of my head. And um, predominantly the, the whakaaro in and around this was how do we influence our people um, to move in a Maori way? And so what was going to be um, formulated by this was uh, a deep wānanga, <clears throat> and the wānanga sort of entitled um, how do we have a connection to whakapapa, atuatanga, pepeha, uh, and the likes of what used to be uh, formerly uh, known by everybody inside a pātū watawata or a fortress. Um, so I've always had this fascination as a tamariki that, man, what would have been like for our tūpuna uh, back in pre European days? And, you know, I thought of, I sort of thought to myself, life would have been, it would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. They had their own ways of doing things. Um, and it's like, how do we have one day where we could possibly live in that realm and experience those sorts of things that our tūpuna experience? Um, likewise, living inside a fortress, living inside a pātū watawata, what sort of things that they had to go through on a daily basis. Um, but uh, but before that as well, is how did our tūpuna navigate from Hawaii to Aotearoa uh, with uh, woven sails made out of uh, blocks of timber um, with double hull waka and, you know, the, the resources that they had on those times to compass or navigate their way through a compass only using the stars, the sun, the moon and the, and the tides. For me, I was thinking to myself, man, how can we create an environment for, the, for one moment in time where we would be able to live in that realm um, and experience what our tūpuna experienced? So there was Hawaii Tour was born. Um, so yeah, that's awesome, mate. Yeah, yeah I know, I know a lot of us like, running around as tamariki, you know, we've got a rako and we, we imagine ourselves being a warrior and, you know, being out on the waka, um, doing the paddling and all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's a world of one day when you can sort of go into the imagination. So for you to pull this together and put this event together for all of us mobby, oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just the power of using your imagination. I mean, like, Man, I'm I, I try and use my creative side as much as I can, and you know, sometimes which is um you know not really helpful to my wife because when I create something, I pass it on to her, and she has to do all of the backward behind it. To, to <laughs> keep it and she's like, "Can you stop creating stuff out of your head?" <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like it's... you know, I'm aligned with it. I'm going to go for it, and and that's just the way that I, you know, my my being works. I'm very um, in tune with my, my creative side, my, my imagination. And I think, you know, like I'm a dreamer. I dream um, up concepts all the time. But if, if it really aligns with the narco, with the manawa, and I know that my way is feeling it, then something's got to happen. So that's how Awake yeah. was born. Oh, choice. Yeah, so um, if you could give us a little um, description of um, uh, what, what people could expect if they um, signed up to this Hawaii tour event. Yeah, well, um, so if you sort of feature this, we've we've got a really high class venue in uh, Vector Wetter Whitewater Park, um, which is predominantly used for whitewater rafting. So we've built inside a um, a channel or an open water channel um, that has islands around it as well. So we've sort of got this sort of um, you know uh, Polynesian scope of the whole entire area. And on the outside of it, we're building a fortress. So we're building an ancient pass site um, with obstacles in it. So as you come in and you register and you get your race pack, etc., you'll get taken into a bullpen. In the bullpen, you'll be briefed. 
And in the briefing, you'll get an explanation on what has the, the breakdown of what every uh, and how you're going to com- compete in this in this course. And from there, you'll get warmed up. You'll get your body warmed up, but it's the ceremony that takes place before you leave the island. Um, so you'll go into the sand bunker where you'll go to the start line and this ritual or this karakia is going to be planted over you as if you were leaving the, the lands of Hawaii and you were navigating your way through this open water ocean. And so that's the open water swim. The open water swim for beginners is uh, 500 meters. Um, so it's broken down into two concepts. You'll swim out 250 meters through the open water. Then you'll go up yep. a river channel. It takes you down to a slide and then you'll exit out. Um, so all up, it's about 500 meters of swimming and treading water, running on the, running on the sandbanks, etc. cetera. Um, but there's one little key component that um, I'll speak about soon. For the intermediates, you've got to do two laps. Uh, so that's about a kilometer. And for the advanced, you do 1.5. But when you come out of the water, there's a little section um, on the sandbanks that you have to go down and dive for your ponamu. Um, now, this ponamu signifies mana or power. And if it's uh, a small little ponamu, then that's, that's the mana that you're going to start with. But ultimately, what that ponamu represents is um, it's almost like your acceptance into uh, the collective or the community that we're based around. Um, and that ponamu, when it touches your skin, um, it, it almost connects a, an automatic or an instant power to you. So our ponamu, they are very um, sacred stones that hold a lot of mana. And so right. um, when you collect, right. when you get yours, it's about earning your keep. And it's about earning the perspective of how you hold your mana. Um, and then you'll go into a run. Now, the run, um, it was it was based around, this idea was based around cultivating the land. So when our tupuna arrived here, eh, they had to figure out how to organize the land boundaries. Because if you didn't sort your land boundaries out, then you would be breaching into other people's hapu or, land, or living spaces. So they would cultivate it. And the way they did that was they ran around in a loop. Some of them had these big kites and they and they... Um, escalated the kite and they said wherever the kite lands that's our land boundary and that's yours so from there it's a landscaping run so you run for about three kilometers around the whole entire island but your job is to find a taurahere and when you find this rope you put it through the ponamu tied around your neck and that is your that is almost like the mana that you carry for your tupuna your ancestors the work that you've done in and around uh, cultivating that land. And that leads you into the next channel, which is our last one, which is the fortress or the Patu Watawata. Now, the past site has got five obstacles, traditional base obstacles. The first one is a mayororo or, or a trench. So our tupuna were into digging underground, eh? They dug underground. Yep, they were yep. sitting around. There were little portals or like living in the ground. And so this is like a maze. This, port, this portal of this Patuata. Uh, so you'll come up on planks, you'll go down into a maze, you'll find your way out, um, and then that's the first obstacle. So it's a little bit of a uh, sensory, mind-blowing sort of experience, but you'll get to feel shit. Like if I know my maze, I've got to find my own way out and navigate myself out into the, to the safe zone. The second one is a, is a potama, and all you've got to do is just climb over the certain heights of these potama. So it's almost like a wall climb. Uh, the third one is a set carry into a hangi pit, and now um, oh, this hangi is a big oval, eh? And in the oval, you've got to go in one way, ha- carry your hangi sack, um, but you've got water and smoke coming out all over the place, eh? So it's almost like, get out of there, otherwise you're going to be the hangi <laughs> sort of thing. So that's the concept of um, in the hangi. Throw that down, then you've got to go through this um, net. So it's like an underground net. Um, you go down into the channels, and you've got to scope your way up. The last one is the two matauinga channel ch- challenge. 
So these are different like walls that are staggered all over the place. There are going to be certain warriors behind there just giving you an element of surprise and a, and a bit of a pukana to encourage you to sort of go through the channel and then you'll make your way out into the finish line. So um, the experience is very real. Um, it's authentic. And the concepts are based on how our people became the known, knownly as the greatest navigators of all time in the whole world. We are the we're the greatest navigators of the Pacific Ocean, um, and and for us to have our matauranga uh, lived out in one experience, and this is the way that we're going to do it in an authentic way. Oh, bro, that sounds awesome, eh? Like, um, you know, the explanations got me excited. Like, I want to fly over from Brisbane and come and do it, eh? Over here in Brisbane, we get the privilege of um, uh, having the Iron Mouldy at one stage down the Gold Coast, and um, just the atmosphere, the manaitanga, and everything around the whole event was awesome. And I, and I can imagine this is going to be like on another another level. Um, yeah, it's it's. I, I love I love the concept, all the you know the thought of running through the fortress, going through all those. Oh. In the ponamu, oh, you know, it's it's one thing to get a ponamu, but to earn your ponamu, that's that's you know, that's something else, eh? So the so the swim, so is there like any kind of time limits for people? Because myself, I've got pakaru pakehiwi shoulders from rugby league, so I'll be doggy paddling, I'll be like doing the breaststroke, so there's no um time limit on the swim and all that kind of stuff. No, not this year, not this year. We, we, we're sort of going to organically move people through this in um, heats. So you'll go in heats of 15 or 20, depending on um, um, how, our, how our heats are structured. But um, there are options for you, if you're not a strong swimmer, that there are life jackets there. Um, there are wetsuits available. Um, I wouldn't advise swimming in booties because the water fills up in your boots. So um, just, a, just a good pair of uh, goggles so that you can um, sort of see where you're going. We've got um, lifeguards on the islands, so watching your every move. Uh, we've got safety boats out there, and we've got a speedboat if anything goes really wrong. So, in terms of uh, health and safety risk, we're sort of we're pretty covered, but we don't want to take away from the authenticity of what it means to be in an open water. Um, it just means that we have um, sort of rescue missions in place if things go wrong. So, um, the the really the essence is that we're covering our bases. But if you need a doggy paddle, if you need a backstroke, if you need a turn and just float there for a second, <laughs> then you're yeah. all welcome. Um, there are a couple of islands on each side that you can sort of anchor up on and, and make sure that you can get your breath back if you need to before you go into the next leg or the next channel. Oh, Joyce, that sounds um, everything covered, eh? Like, um, I know, I know there's a few people who might even be including myself on a swim. I'd have to have a little bit of an elbow rest on the, on the island. So it's good to know, eh? How do people register for uh, Hawaii Tour, bro? Uh, bro, they just go onto our website, which is www.hawaikitour.com. Um, and you just go into the link. Um, you'll go into whether the whatever sections that you want to participate in. So you've got a beginner's. Uh, which is about three kilometers. Uh, you've got the intermediate, which is about four or five kilometers, and the advanced. If you really, if you're an athlete and you do the seasonal, um, there's a longer, a longer race course for you guys as well. Um, but really, we just want to encourage all friends in Farno to um, to take on the challenge because it's it's really about the environment and the panaungatanga that we will make inside it. Um, there's also uh, possibilities for groups as well. Um, so you'll go in groups of five. 
and you start together and you finish together. And this is about team camaraderie. So, you know, really feeling that whanaungatanga, that you need each other to depend on each other in order to move through those boundaries. Uh, but it's really about making sure that um, everybody has a, an enjoyable, enjoyable experience. So there's no time limit on this one. Um, but next year, you never know, we might go into heats and who does the fastest time and create a, an almost like a, a scenario like um, the American Ninja Warrior sort of concept. Um, we want to challenge our, our toughest athletes in Māori um, Not in, You don't have to be just Māori, but if you want to take on these obstacles, uh, there could be an opportunity for next year. To, so, so just put your hand up and say yes, jump in there, give yeah. it a go. Yeah, hard, get in there. And um, e- e- even though it's the first one, eh, you, can still be there. you can still run that race like you are. There is a prize at the end. Um, yeah. Like you, you know that you can take that fun away from the event for being the first to finish in that um, in those different categories. I guess breaking rights for next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a couple of competitors that have put their name and said, "I want to take this out. I want to be the fastest competitor on the very first Hawaii Tour um, Realm of the Gods obstacle course." And I'm like, "Man, if that's your incentive, go for it." A lot of people are doing some hard yards and training really hard for this, which I think is all about the journey. It's about building up to the co-papa as opposed to just going, I'm, an, I'm a novice at this. I've got no experience. I'm just going to jump in and give it a go. We do encourage, like, there's five weeks left. You can still make some hearty yards in the next five weeks to sort of move your body so that you don't leave yourself found wanting at the end of it. I mean, like, it's, it's an easy thing to just get up and go. You just have to make it part of your routine. You know, the cool thing about Hawaii Tour as well is, like, with our Ponamu, we were asked the questions, oh, do you guys want race medals or medals at the end of us? Like, man, there's nothing heartier than earning your own Ponamu and crossing that line knowing that you achieved that. You earned that. You did the work for that, as opposed to somebody giving you a medal at the end of it and saying congratulations for participating. It's more or less a self-fulfillment of who you are as a person and the yards that you just made, and that was acknowledged by none other than yourself. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Eh? It's a uh, choice because you know, every phone number is different. Eh? It's not, you know, like a middle way, eh? like everything is the same, not taking anything away from that. But a phone number is unique. I love that cope up of um, having that phone number to take home with you as your prize. Is there any any other information we uh, need to know about the Waikiki Tour? Um, I think this being the first one. Uh, my bros, is we we really do want to bring back to our urban whānau members, so to speak, or, you know, just anybody that's really, really keen, that if you do want to connect into an environment that's going to fulfil your wairua, that's going to enlighten your hinganaro, that's going to give you a different perspective on life, that this could be <clears throat> part of your lifestyle, because we do want to keep this kaupapa running over the next three years at least, and if you're going to be a part of that and grow this Kaupapa, you want to be known and to be in that photo to say that you were at the very first Awaiki Tour Realm of the Gods obstacle course. Because who knows what can happen from here? You know, if Tough Mudder can sort of breach around the world and do its thing, if Spartan can go around and do its thing, if Tough Guy, Tough Girl can go up, Awaiki Tour is on the same venture. But I think in a very authentic way where you're going to get the heart of our Maori culture on the forefront of um, any urbanised city uh, that wants to host this kaupapa. And we just want people to be a part of this very exciting kaupapa. So, you know, for me, bro, it's just about encouraging our ones to get out there and um, and move and, and, and do better for ourselves as well. Um, but also, if you're a 
Aldi, you can sort of come in there and just experience the whole thing. You know, it's we we will look after you no matter what ethnicity you are. Um, but we do want to encourage people to just come in there and give this a, a, a good go. All right, Fanny. So um, there you have it. That's Hawaii Tour. Head over to their website, hawaiikitour.com. Grab your ticket. Sign up and uh, you know, get your spot locked in. And um, oh man, it sounds exciting. I'm excited for you guys and everybody who's attending. And, um, what I've decided to do, just just for this special uh, interview, I've got a couple of uh, incentives for people to sign up to the event. So I've got a couple of ebooks that I have. Um, one's about uh, high intensity training, and the other one's about jogging. So a quick start guide for jogging, and I've also got a fat loss course. Um, that I'm going to give away to anybody who decides to sign up um, over the weekend. So on Tuesday night, we are here all the way up to Sunday night. Um, if you guys sign up to Waikato, um, I'll get bees to um, give me the information and I'll send that bonus stuff. It's probably worth about $200, more than what the ticket of the price is, but I, I think it's uh, worth it. Um, just to attend the experience on itself. But um, for those who want a little bit of more incentive of throwing in a, in a little tongue in there, a little spark, and um, just to say thank you for coming on for this interview. If that's everything we've got to um, talk about Hawaii Torbro, we'll just sort of move into your um, business journey. Yeah, yeah, cool, bro. Um, shucks, business for me started uh, as a young kid. <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, business has been running through our whanau for a wee while. So I started up a, a skateboard shop in my garage um, <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was about five years old. And I had all of these wheels from all of my Christmas present skateboards I used to get. And I used to clean and polish these skateboard wheels. And I used to invite my friends over on a Saturday and sell them for 50 cents. And so that was my sort of introduction into the business where I said, oh, well, like, you know, I've I, I bought that for nothing. That was gifted to me, and I can clean it up and sell it for a value. And I made I made a dollar out of it, and that's pretty cool. And so yeah. all my mates started around on Saturdays and just swapping swapping their skateboard wheels, and I would polish them and then sell them off to other mates. And that was sort of like my introduction into um, um, uh, services for goods and services. It was more or less a um, sort of a little bit of a bug. And then I got a hiding because I sold my bike for fifty bucks, and um, that was. A, <laughs> The bike was about 400 bucks and I sold it for 50 and I got a hiding for it. So I sort of learned, you know, there's boundaries in terms of the business world and that, you know, you can't just go out there and um, sort of uh, do what you please at any given time. It's There's a there's a tikanga to it. And so yeah. um, as I grew up, I started um, uh, dabbling in, um, you know, like uh, uh, just, um, you know, the rugby league cards and stuff like that. You know, I started venturing into owning a whole pack of, rugby league cards and sort of going, oh, well, how can we do swapsies versus um, how can we go in and start selling them to traders? Um, and so that was my next step up. And I'd save up, I'd do my paper run, do the hard yards, go and buy all these Mickey's cards and then go and sell them to traders. And traders were like, yeah, I'll buy that for 200 bucks. I was like, mean, I'm like 10 years old getting 200 bucks. Sweet. Mm, okay. Well, I can't do that. And so that, that sort of gave me an, uh, an incentive to learn about economics. And so when I went to Wellington College, I, I, went, I came from a kura kaupapa, so I could only read and write English. 
um, Maori, sorry. And then I went to an English school and I was, t- was totally over my head. But economics was a co-popper that, that sat with me because my teacher would teach me in um, rugby terms because I only knew my, my brain thought in rugby terms. So he would say, well, mm-hmm. if you've got seven players over there and there's an overlap over here, um, what do you think is the best scenario? Where's the best place to capitalize? And I said, I'll go to the space where the ball's going to sort of ultimately score points. And those points are going to get converted into sort of five points. And that's almost like your money-making scheme. So if you worked your numbers out and you got your numbers right, then you're always going to make a profit no matter what. And it's just the process of how the ball gets there to the, over the line. So he sort of taught me economics in a rugby world. And, and as I started diving more into rugby, I started always thinking economics. So when I came out of my rugby career, I went into um, uh, a diploma in um, business and um, sort of learned the business language because, again, it's a different world. Um, and then so I was exposed to um, ideas. So you've just heard me speak about I've got a crazy imagination. I'm a creative. And so I build a concept inside my mind. I look at the world and I say, okay, who is this demographic for and does it serve a purpose in the world? So my 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 needs and my wants to create um, a product that's going to be um, as of service to the world, that's when I started seeing the, the high demand on whether these ideas are going to be uh, transferable into a business sense, and obviously it's paid off. Choice, bro. I know that you fellas, um, uh, you, you've been in the background as uh, like Stan Walker and Rob Luha, um, you know, in the background. Is, um, what, where, did, um, where did all the performance, all that kind of stuff start from? Um, yeah, that, that was really initiated by um, my wife, Kura, and she, she is uh, very passionate about performing arts. Um, you know, and, and we sort of when we met, I was, uh, I was at the sort of pinnacle of my rugby career. So I was, I was always into haka because, I, you know, we grew up with that. Um, and I always knew I wanted to be a part of a haka group. And so her whanau group was, was there. And, um, but I, I never wanted to sort of join it. I was like, almost like forced. <laughs> it <was> like... <laughs> me now so you've got to jump in this group and I was like oh shit you guys are like the Mina's group and um so yeah and I like I sort of um you know really honored that time and and sort of have uh you know high regards with the lessons that I learned in, in the Ropu but that also sparked a contemporary feel for us to go out there and explore other realms which um, we created a um a haka theater at Ropu called Hawaii 2 and um this group was just really bunched uh, a bunch of uh rangatahi um, that got together and started creating contemporary dance forms out of traditional Māori movement. And so um, we would use a concept called Māori movement to train to get fit so that we could explode our um, our, our energies onto a performance stage. Uh, and that's how we got um, recognised by certain artists that wanted to utilise our skills as backup dancers or um, choreographers for their pieces. Um, and so we've done a few over the years. Yeah, no, that's choice. Um because um, there's the the one with Dan Walker when um, you guys are all sort of in the background and you're it's like you know in you know, old school Maori you know warrior and riding along the beach on the horses and all that kind of stuff. It's a wicked yeah. video clip, eh? Um, yeah. There's one you can put on and get inspired. Like you know you can put that video clip on, listen to that, watch that, and like ooh, pumped up. So um nah that's that's wicked. From there, is that how you guys evolved into the Māori movement? Yeah, I mean that's how we um we started formulating uh um 
a sort of a training program that was going to keep us fit and sharp because, oh, you know, me having a, a rugby background, I always thought to myself, man, there's no way you can perform um, high intensity levels unfit or out of shape. And so we sort of we sort of cross fusions over how could we create like a one hour hit out sort of high intensity program, but using Maori language to get us fit. Uh, we were inspired by the likes of Zumba and CrossFit and all of those phases that were out there at the moment, but um, none of us, none of it could teach us Maori language and a scope of of being in a Maori world. So uh, we wanted to make sure that we um, we had access to you know the the fundamentals of connecting into our movement because that's what I think it makes us really really unique is that behind every movement there's intention. And behind every intention, there's a spiritual element. Behind every spiritual element, there's a connection. And so that's what made us sort of unique in terms of designing this kaupapa. Um, and we use that through a form of um, sound and vibration by using our voice, uh, by using the spiritual elements to be able to influence the movement to get our heart rate up to a certain point and then put us under fatigue because um, really that's where you make all the gains is when you're at fatigue and you're pushing your body through. So we were using it in a Maori way. And we just basically um, – we're inspired by a couple of um, Atua Matua back here uh, in the realm, and we and we we definitely acknowledge all of the work that they've done before us. You know, experience Māori movement um, was was um, you know was awesome, eh? Like for me, I didn't know what to when when we first saw the videos. Um, it wasn't actually me; it was my partner. She was like, "Oh, mate, hey, check the, this Māori fellow out. He's talking about you know energy and Māori." and all this fun stuff so they, they really got really drawn in by that thing because um, being over in Australia you know I sort of got into the parkia sort of things like law of attraction and learning all that type of stuff so to hear uh, Māori talking about that from a Māori perspective they really like picked up my ears and I was like oh you know so when I did come to Māori movement it was an awesome experience and I can definitely see how you can get fit, like going through all the atua and you know, through, through the training stuff that we did there. And um, it was just a great experience. And I highly recommend anybody out there listening to this to, you know, when it comes to your city, go and check it out. Um, you know, oh, I highly recommend it, bro. I guess where, where are you moving um, forward with Māori movement? And um, your co-papa Hawaii Tour at the moment. Where do you see for the what's your vision for the future? Well, it's just an expansion of um, them working coincide together. I mean, like if you've got a Wananga base, um, well, it's like a two-day workshop. Um, initially, when we designed Maori Movement, if you go into my web series, you will see like fifteen-minute workouts that you can subscribe to. I mean, you can make that a part of your everyday life or your everyday week or month or however you want to use that in your in your home environment. Um, but then we started to create this bigger picture, which is not just about the movement, but it gives you a holistic sort of health uh, perspective on on how our tupuna would practice um, the, the, the physical movements, the spiritual movements, the emotional tie-ins and the mental faculties that they learned over times and, and how to sustain themselves. Now, I think we've lost a little bit about that. Uh, and that's where I saw the gap. And, and the only way that I was exposed to that was I, I was exposed to um, statistics and the stats were really, really, really low for our people, really high in the wrong areas. And so for me, I'm like, how do I then fill that gap? How do I create something that's going to bring forth that warrior within 
so that they can return back to the ancient world of what we fuck up to originally, but then put that into a modern day context. And so I started um, tuning into all of the fuck up stuff in and around Modi. Um, so that's the energy forms of how we stimulate ourselves um, versus how do we um, attract certain things in our in our lives, and that comes down to the mental faculties that are already in our fuck up system. And so once I started breaking down all of that corridor, the wananga changed. It went from this big movement um, fitness thing to this holistic health program. And so I think that's where the wellness and um, and and bringing our people back into the light. Uh, so that they can potentially be the best people that they can possibly be or the best versions of themselves. And so that's the wānanga of it. But then, you know, there's only sort of a couple of us practitioners around and we couldn't get around to every province and stuff. So yeah. we, we had our very first practitioners wānanga and the weekend just gone um, where we certified 35 practitioners. Um, oh, so they can we movement kaupapa around wherever they are. Um, and so they're qualified to do so. Um, but in saying that, we do want to push them into competing in something like Hawaii Tour because it's another incentive to say, I'm training, but what am I training for? And then we created yeah. Hawaii Tour. <laughs> and so from Hawaii oh. Tour, you know, boom, I can use all of this fitness that I've been doing. I can pick myself here and now go and enter into something like Hawaii Tour and have the full-blown experience of what it may have been like for our tupuna back in the day. I, I, bro, I, I totally agree with that, eh? Because it always makes things easier when there's some kind of purpose behind what you're doing. Like, you can kind of lose yourself, you know, getting stuck in a routine without having a sort of a moment to climb, I guess. So, you know, body moving, you know, start your training, and, and you know, your moment is like getting to Hawaii tour and, and going through that and, com- and finishing, getting that um, po number at your tonga. Yeah, that's a that's a awesome like combination of things to work together. There's 35 trainers that are certified now, so I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of uh, Maori movement um, popping up around the Mutu. Uh, one in Dunedin that's popped up at the moment. They're running. Melbourne's running. Um, there's a co-pop that's going to be starting in Gold Coast. Um, there's a couple of practitioners over there already practicing. Uh, there's one in Sydney. Um, the headquarters is obviously here in, in Tamaki Makoto in Auckland, uh, but we do really want to branch out to the likes of Hawaii. We do want to go to California, San Francisco, um, Vancouver and Canada. Um, and ultimately, I'd like to go and channel back through into, um, say, Thailand, uh, Japan. If we were to go back into our whakapapa roots back into into that voyage, uh, it would be a, a choice wānang in itself and if I could meet other like-minded martial artists that carry the art form of their traditional um, their traditional fighting style, uh, we could definitely see some sort of fusion happening. Um, and, and, you know, it's a good way to give back because, you know, we've been over years, especially us that were born in the 80s, we were heavily influenced by martial art movies like, you know, the Bruce Lee's and stuff like that. But knowing that yeah. in our whakapapa, we actually have our own stories of our own Atua Matua warriors who were like, mean and dominated and they had their own style and the flow and the flurries that they would create out of that uh, was definitely inspired by how we can incorporate this into um, not so much of a, a mentality to go to war or, or kill anybody but just to have that art form under your belt to um, you know get that identity within yourself um, so that's why we've incorporated a lot of the martial art feel within Maori movement um, and then branching off obviously to the knowledge the philosophies uh, the states of meditation that you go to 
um, to, to be able to center yourself is, is really, that's where the holistic wellness comes into the kaupapa. Oh, that's awesome, bro. It sounds like um, there's going to be a lot happening. So, Bano out there watching, keep your, yeah, because it's going to be coming. Um, but I'll just sort of transition um, on to sort of, um, for your business building, have you ever had any like low points, bro? Because I know as business people, you know, we can't go, go through our highs and our lows. Um, was there any sort of lows that you've been through? Yeah, there's been quite a few low points. Um, and, and I think those were my greatest lessons. Um, you know, and, and obviously one thing to go out there and get your numbers right and go out there and serve serve your, your business idea to a demographic or to an audience that's going to um, have a high need for what you do. Um, but one thing for me is that I got I, I suffered burnout um, because I, I worked so hard in the business that I didn't really create any leverage for myself to work on the business. And that was the biggest biggest sort of learning lesson that I, that I felt when I uh, was coming to a, um, a stage of burnout where I was just overworking and um, sort of the, the money revenue was coming in, but the balance wasn't there. And so, you know, it pulled me a lot away from my whanau. It, it gave me this um, sort of uh, um, not greedy sort of vibe, but it, it, but I, I was drawn to the success of what I was doing that I that I was just suffocating myself in the mahi. Um, but I've yeah. learned that through my movement and how I did that was that I said, okay, well, there's only one of me, there's only one of Kura, but if we could step out and create other practitioners and teach them the plan, then that gives us space to work on the business and they work in the business. And, you know, it's a win-win for everybody because they were passionate about it. These 35 that came through the practitioners wanana were so passionate about the kaupapa that it gave them the freedom to go out and do what they wanted but earn money on top of it. And for us, that was a win-win for us because, you know, we're teaching them business smarts. And, you know, I want to teach Māori, Māori entrepreneurs how our gift as, you know, the uniqueness that we carry as Māori into everyday society that, you know, like, we're a unique selling point in itself. It's it's just being able to tap into those powers that, that we naturally have and, and, and feed into a uh, demographic that's uh, high in need of our supplies. Yeah, yeah, choice, bro. So what would be some, like, telltale signs, like, if you were sort of, um, say, for anybody listening out there or watching this, what would be some telltale signs that you're sort of slowly starting to get into that burnout, like? Um, definitely... Um, sleep deprived. Um, but, uh, if your routine is not is outside of the sort of the seven hours uh, sort of regime, um, as an entrepreneur, some days you have to sacrifice some early mornings and go to bed late at night just to make it through um, your sort of trimester of what you, whatever you're trying to chase. Um, so, so having some key principal indicators about what you're chasing, but allowing yourself to make sure that you are looking after your wellness first. Because, you know, you look at somebody like Steve Jobs who invested a shitload of time into his business but then had to use all of those millions of dollars on getting himself well and before you he, before he know it, he passed away. So you hear stories of entrepreneurs that go out there and work too hard, they earn all this money, but then have to spend that money on their health and well-being. So the balance wasn't there in the first place. If you were just a little bit patient with your milestones and how you were going to get to the pinnacle point of your, your business career, then, you know, you you learn how to sort of balance that out a little bit. Um, but, yeah, yeah, signs of fatigue, um, losing weight drastically very, very fast, um, 
uh, moody, uh, definitely getting moody. That's going to happen no matter what, but, you know, just the intensity of it. Um, you just got to be a little bit more mindful of how, how you conduct that. And, you know, spending quality whānau time is always important as well. Yeah, that, that's some awesome points there, bro. Like, um, oh, I can definitely relate to a lot of those, like, you know, no sleep deprivation, not spending time with whānau. And a lot of the times I feel it's not being aware of, your, of what you're doing, eh? Like, you're so focused and you're so involved in whatever you're doing, you kind of tend to lose... Um, your awareness of what's going on around you, but sometimes it's good to take a step back and then, oh, okay, yep, I need to have a, I need to catch up on a little bit of way, or you know, I need to spend some time with the whanau. Um, it's like, it's oh, like, and he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you become becoming this interview boy. <laughs> 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 Kia ora. Kia ora. <laughs> oh, that's choice. And um, say, bro, say if you um, we start off something brand. Say this is just a um advice for somebody sort of thinking about getting into business. And you were only just to get started. They had five hundred dollars cash. You had your phone. You had your, you, know, you had a, a laptop. Didn't have to worry about Kai because you're, you know, you're staying with uh, auntie or uncle or something like that. What would be your advice to somebody started in a business? Um, well, if I had five hundred dollars, I'd try and figure out how to make a thousand dollars out of that five hundred first and foremost, um, without going to the poker machine and, and gambling it. Um, there are <laughs> there are there are different ways on how to sort of build based on, um, you know, if you were smart about knowing uh, the, the four quadrants, which is um, liabilities, assets, um, income, and outgoing. So if you understood uh, the, the basic fundamentals of those four principles, uh, you, you would start thinking about how I could invest in some form of asset that was going to make that 500 go into something more. And then I would probably use that 500, uh, pocket it, and then go and spend that 500. So I've already got like a base 500 in the back to get me going. Um, so, yeah, if we start thinking more along how can we start to grow our, our fundamentals. So for me, um, I started a company called Bismo Fitness, um, which is a uh, corporate fitness um, company. And I go into corporates and I train the, the, the senior management. Um, and I had nothing to my name and I sold this package. Um, but what I needed was like I needed, I needed the laptop, I needed my phone, and I had no funds. Uh, so what I did was I... Um, I, I made these these clothing labels, um, and I sold I sold um, some some hoodies, and I sold uh, some tights, and I made revenue off that. So like I just put the order in and sold them online, and that's how I made my 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 money. So um, what that did was that gave me the ability to to buy a car, to buy a phone, to buy a laptop, and then I just sort of kept doing that. And I said, oh yep, if that's going to yeah. work, then I'll buy more clothes um, and sell them online as a fitness brand and sell them to my corporate companies. Um, and that started to create a little bit of a residual income. Um, but then I got too caught up in doing that mahi that it took me away from the line of work that I was meant to be doing. Um, so you're going to find yourself, you're going to get caught in a web and you're going to get caught in toing and froing yourself. But what you have to remember is what is going to be sustainable enough for you to anchor your business. Um, so you have to look at where is the money pool coming from, figure out what your expenses are. And then what's what you got left over? And if you can sort of figure out what you've got left over, 
then that's the money you need to focus on because that's your net worth. And if you can focus on where that net worth goes, you can sort of say, cool, I've got five grand at the end of this month. I'm going to go and invest it in some, in, in like an employee, um, get them on for a week and just leverage that work and, and sort of build it that way. And I think sometimes we get caught up on trying to do everything ourselves that, you know, we, 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 we want to be able to build a team. You build the team and the team build, builds the business. And I think if you can start focusing on that, that our people already had that. You know, we had a hapu inside the hapu. They were building the hapu and the chiefs were out there trying to think of the next big plan. And I think if we can start thinking that on an on um, entrepreneurial state, that every single member inside that hapu had their own mana because they were specialized at something and it was a, it was a little bit of like a given sort of thing. But um, instead of, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of being a boss and bossing people. I'm more of a fan of what's your quality and how do we make that meet as one? And then everybody sort of win-wins, there's good way to work, there's good camaraderie, and then you ultimately grow the iwi, and the iwi becomes a, a dominant entrepreneurial hub. Aye, aye. Oh, close, bro. That's awesome advice for people who are sort of getting, looking at getting started or actually in their business and sort of looking for some direction. So, And then like the bro said, B said, you didn't even have any money to start off with. Just, um, you know, look for something where you can make some profit, bank some, you know, invest that, keep banking, keep investing in things that you know will pay you back. Uh, so that's awesome, man. Just going to go into a quick fire round, so just short, short questions. So uh, what's your favourite, kina or power? Uh, kina. Cool. They want to know a fire uh, Swan dry or gum boots? Gum boots. <laughs> uh, haka or waiata? Oh, it's a tough one. Oh, they both make the heartstrings uh, boil, but I probably um, would do more waiata than I do haka. Aye, aye. Uh, beers or spirits or something else? Why maybe? Uh, getting into my red wine these days. Red wine's a little bit of a uh, just gives you enough kick to take the edge off. Good, good. Um, uh, if you only have a glass of wine, if you drink a hot bottle, uh, it's a bit, <laughs> bit troublesome. <laughs> and uh, Queensland or New South Wales? Queensland, Queensland. Hey, um, that's our quick fire round, my bro. Um, Moving into Tino section, um, do you have a favorite uh, proverb you want to share with somebody? Um, one that comes to mind, um, you know, I've, I've been blessed with so many different whakatauki over time, um, but but one that, that, that this is the Pākehā one, and one that really pops out for me that um, I stuck with and I still I still say it every day is if it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. And um, that whakatauki or that, that proverb um, is really about the mentality of what it means to, to be something in this world. Um, and so I'm always one to push myself outside my comfort zone uh, with, with everything that I'm doing. And uh, if it's making me uncomfortable, then I know that I'm, I'm making yards in the right direction. Um, so, yeah, if it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. Um, and a Māori one, a Māori one that was gifted over by um, Dr. Ngāpuwehi was he taonga te whakarongo. Um, he taonga te is, is really about um, 
it's not just hearing through here, but it's listening on all senses and all channels and, and knowing that it, it's got to fit right within your kaupapa to, um, uh, to sort of, uh, you know, align yourself to. So he taonga te whakarongo, uh, anybody can talk, anybody can sort of yarn away and, and everybody has opinions and stuff like that. But when you when you can sit and you can inherit all of that mātauranga and then turn it into something through action, um, then you know that you have really learned the art of listening, eh? Oh, oh that's an awesome one, eh? Not just, uh, goes in, in the title, eh? But being aware of your senses, eh? And your surroundings. That's choice. This is another question. How good is your real? How good is my real? Oh, man, I'm forever learning. I'm forever learning my real. Um, Wei kuraina ana hau ki roto i te kohanga reo o te kākano ki tītahi, uh, ki roto i te whananui atara. Uh, he noe pekeatu ana hau ki roto i te kuratuatahi, uh, ki roto i te kākano. Uh, tahi eno ka, ka kuraina atu ana hau ki roto i te kuratata waena uh, o tītahi hoki. Tahi eno ka whakaaro ana taku māma. Uh, Kora e tēnei tangata e pai ana ki te pānui, pai ki te tuhi pākeha. Uh, te rā te raru, me hari ana koe ki te kura pākeha, whakaako ana hau ki, ki te kāriti o uh, pōneke. Uh, that's how good my reo was so far. The reo was mean, Fano. The reo was mean. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite uh, Māori idol or figure that you look up to, maybe growing up or even now as, a, as an adult? Um, yeah, there's there's been a couple of um, really key uh, Maori role models for me that I have um, had the privilege to to sort of research, um, study under, uh, study under their tawira at the moment. Um, well, Kingi Tafio, uh, for me, he was uh, a prominent um, uh, leader in, in, in amongst Waikato, and his legacy lives on uh, through all of his tungikura or or his uh, pakatauki. Rane and all of his proverbs are always spoken about on every marae and tainui. And so when you hear the prophecies that um, came out of his, his wisdom, um, you can definitely feel that. So I'm inspired by his movement. Um, another one that I trained under, Ngāko Wehi, um, from, from Te Wakahuia. I was, I was privileged enough under uh, my, my wahine's uh, uh, whānau, uh, Papa Hohepa Talamea, um, inspired by uh, a Maurako expert named... Um, uh, um, learned a little bit under under one of the students from Wetini Mita, which is Tukiterangi Curtis. Um, you know, just aligning myself with you know like prominent prominent leaders amongst uh, uh, our people these days is is just amazing. There's just so many inspirational um, uh, male role models out there, but you know, there's also uh, females out there that really inspire me as well. And I, I you know, like there's uh, back in in Waikato as well. You know, you have Tatairangi Kahu. Um, you have her auntie Te Puya. Um, so there are prominent leaders amongst our own that I'm really drawn towards um, and very thankful that they walked through the processes of, of what they did. Otherwise, our real wouldn't be where it is today. Our kopapa, our driven kopapa wouldn't be where it is today. So, you know, I really honor our tupuna and, and what they left behind for us to carry on. Yeah, that's awesome, eh, bro? Like, 
for me myself, um, it wasn't until I opened my eyes that I actually started to see a lot more people. I guess it just wasn't open, eh? Like I think that for some people, maybe that that's maybe what they they don't see as role models is you just have to open your eyes because now a lot of people out there uh, that are doing a lot of things and for our Maori out there, it's just opening your eyes and being aware of what's out there. So, um, kia ora to all those people. Do you have a favourite food, uh, New Zealand food, or any food from around the world? Uh, well, I, I was brought up on the on the water, so I'm a kaimoana whalei, and the oh, kina, pāura, kūtai, tio, um, you know, all of the kaimoana is definitely in my daily diet, um, but obviously um, I've been uh, meeting up with a brother named Rāne Rerewiri, uh, who is a uh, plant-based Māori, and um, his kaupapa is based in and around Tupuanuku, and the mana that draws that's drawn from Tupuanuku, and he's written a book about uh, his veganism um, sort of kaupapa at the moment. Uh, well, I'm a pescatarian, so I eat a little bit of both. So I've gone away from the chicken and the red meat sort of thing. Doesn't mean I don't eat it. Um, I can still I still consume it. Uh, but for me, really, um, kaimona is my, you know, I can live off that stuff, man. I can eat a whole yeah. sack of kina and I just, that'll be my entree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hide it around. Hide it around the back of the day. Do oh, yourself. You got to smooth my It's like that's when fights start. <laughs> Uh, choice. Do you have any um favorite New Zealand uh, films or TV shows? Man, one that we're thrashing at the moment in our house is because our little boy loves is is, is um uh, is it the the world of people um written by uh, Taika Waititi. Um, oh, so I, that's I, a hard case one that's going on in our forty at the moment. Um, wasn't really a big fan of Once We're Warriors. I watched it a few times and um, didn't really didn't really um, connect with that one uh, very much. I think that one motivated me to sort of change the perception of what it meant to be Maori. And I went over to yeah. Hawaii one time, like, oh, do you know Jake the Musk? And I was like, yeah, he's Maori. But like, hey, he's your uncle. You must be you must be a mean scrapper. I was like, yeah, no, no, he's my uncle. I just uh, I gave my hiding last week, and you know, like, but that's the. <laughs> Yeah. These uh, woman beaters and you know, like that stigma of that's who we are as as, as Maori and ours. So I was motivated by that movie. So yeah, yeah, that one's off the bucket list. Um, but another really cool um, New Zealand film film uh, was uh, another one from Tiger Waititi was uh, was Boy. I thought that was hard case. It showed oh, you know, anything that yeah. Maori humor because you don't really see it. Eh? When you see yeah. Maori culture, you see like hard tikanga pohiri. Wero, haka, everything is rah, rah, rah. But when you look, you see like something like um, Taika Waititi's humor just shine through and, you know, he's, that, that's what you see at the back of the kitchen. Like, well, oh, everything yeah. that's only in the front, but at the back, man, there's this party going on with all of our uncles just cracking us up. So, yeah, I like all of the hard case stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a... Uh... It was refreshing, eh, boy? It was a, you know, a lot of a good, good movie, eh? A lot of hard case things in there. Oh, I cracked up when the girl was uh, having the coda for TV. Like, oh, no, crayfish again. <laughs> oh, hard case, eh? Crack up, man. Uh, but um, moving on to the final part of the um, podcast interview, bro, um, do you have any books that you could recommend to uh, anyone? Uh, the Winner's Bible, man, if you can get a hold of the Winner's Bible, that's really going to construct and plant some um, amazing seeds inside your subconscious mind. 
Um, uh, I, I read a book called um, Tafio, uh, King or Prophet. Um, that's that's obviously a one from from Waka that shows a little bit about the history of uh, colonization, history pre-European days. Um, that's got a lot of whakapapa stuff in it too, which is which is what I like. And if you want to learn about the Kingitanga and its movement, uh, that's a really cool book. Um, you know, I and and I'm about you know reading into those um, uh, law of attraction books as well. Those are all really really cool. They give us some really uh, key tools to be um taking into concepts like uh, gratitude you know like if you look at right. the word gratitude it's um it has a power and a mana within itself and and i think that our people are very um we, we were already thinking on those terms we just did it in a very different way so uh those in terms of um Pākehā books and, and tawiwi books those are massive ones to read um the other one i won't name because it's got a couple of swear words in it um and i'm not about to <laughs> But it's almost like, you know, um, if the bullshit, you know, like, and, and it's real, like, hard, fast sort of facts about getting rid of bullshit out of your life. Um, and yep. so that's, that's a pretty cool one as well. So um, if you see any of those ones, those are, those are awesome. Oh, choice, bro. I'll be definitely looking up a couple of those. Have you got any advice for our, uh, our young ones? Man, don't grow about up anything? too fast. Don't grow up too fast. That's my, my biggest one. It's like, um, yeah, be a, be a rangatahi. Be a rangatahi. Um, go out there and explore your potential. Um, recognize your circle of influence. Recognize the people you hang around with um, because, you know, peer pressure is easy um, these days. And uh, I just watched a little documentary on this uh, on Facebook about this young fella who is from Tuhoi. Um, at 15, he made the New Zealand Open Men's Touch Team. Um, at the same age, he won uh, Manu Kōrero. Uh, but because he was hanging around the wrong crowd, he got caught in pee and his um, his life went down the Google and he sort of hasn't recovered ever since. So um, if you look on Marae documentaries, you'll be able to see his kōrero. And I think if you can pay attention to making sure you, you watch who you hang around with, the influences that are around in your life, the vocab and the language that you use, the music that you listen to, protect these, protect everything because – you know, subconsciously, you could be planting, um, you know, thoughts and seeds inside your mind's eye. By the time you come to your conscious awakening, um, you sort of have no like, no control over how you, you're to construct yourself. So, um, but, you know, go off and have fun. Definitely be a rangatahi. Don't grow up too fast um, and, and really just love life as a rangatahi. Oh, choice, bro. That's, that's um, advice I've, I haven't heard from anybody. Like, you know. Being in the moment, eh, and sort of um, being a being a kid, and you know, being a teenager, all that kind of stuff, eh, and having fun. But I totally agree with somebody, um, with that, bro, because I know somebody who went from high school to university, and I wish I had a, maybe taken a gap in between high school and deciding what I wanted to do with my life. Because at that age, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of like drifting just like a leaf blowing in the in the breeze so it wasn't until sort of going to mahi that i sort of figured out okay i don't like that uh, i'll try this i don't like that i'll try this until i sort of come around to where i am now and um and it's constant eh? it's a constant thing you, you're always sort of looking having a try of that or this and figuring out if you like it or don't like it that's how you can get clear on where you want to go, eh? So if you don't, if you don't know what you want to do after Kura, figure out, pick one thing, go have a go at it. If you don't like it, 
Okay, what else can I try? Yeah, that's mean. So uh, uh, I guess the last thing is um, where can where can people follow you and uh, follow your journey, bro? Um, so I mean, like the obvious, the obvious uh, social media um, fan pages that we've created is around Māori movement and Hawaii Twelve. So if you go around to uh, Māori movement and Hawaii Twelve on both Instagram and Facebook, um, they're two separate pages. Uh, but on there, they've got uh, links to our websites if you need any other information about where we're going to be presenting workshops, etc. Um, you know, there, there's definitely opportunities to come to any of our um, any of our, our wānanga that we're going to be holding, um, any of our workshops we're going to be holding, any of our mic nights. Um, but definitely keep an eye out for um, podcasting as well. Go on to our Māori Movement website. If you want to go and follow the Māori Movement um, life, there's heaps of content on there in terms of uh, fitness workouts, um, ancient philosophies in and around Atua. Um, you know, and, I, and I'm still no expert in Atua. I'm still learning the real. I'm still learning um, tikanga. I'm still learning processes. I'm still learning Atua tanga, tapu tapu. You know, like I'm, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm in Wānanga at the moment and I, and I believe that, you know, you should never stop learning. Um, so that's, that's what Wānanga creates. It creates us to go and explore and learn different things and uh, which is really, really cool to see people now coming into their own and saying, I want to connect back into my Māori tanga. Um, so if you want to come to any of our wānanga, know my piki, my harapai koto wanaki, our wānanga katoa. Oh, choice, bro. That's a wrap-up of our, of our interview. I'm here with Bees Nodding no Te Wati. Kia ora, bro. Thank you for coming on and sharing all your kōpapa, all your knowledge, dropping all your gold. Um, I know I've taken a lot away from this interview. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other people that are going to take a lot of uh, goodness out of this. Um, so if you're listening or watching, hear this. People who you think um, will find some value from it. And make sure you um, go and follow their pages. Hawaii Talk. Oh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for that co-papa. And uh, keep an eye out for Māori. And, uh, yeah. Kia ora bro, thank you for that. And um, I'm sure we'll be seeing more of you um, and um, I'll be keeping a close eye in, on your journey and how you guys develop over, over the years to come. Feel free to share this whanau. Uh, the more people that can uh, tune into this interview and follow the, the Chair Māori whala, um, it'll be awesome because you know what what we're speaking about on here is everyday life stuff, and um, so yeah, share this if you can with uh, your friends and your whanau. Chuck a comment and some questions up there because uh, the bros just dropped on some mean gifts, giving away his puka puka and his information. Holy hika, man! Uh, yeah, now nah, modi ora kia koe, my bro. Thank you for, for hosting me tonight, and I look forward to doing some more mahi with you in the future. Hi, kia ora, bro. Modi ora, modi ora.